The Cincinnati Bengals are seven and four and getting healthier. Let's reset expectations, take a look ahead down the stretch and update you on the injury news. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So join the tens of thousands of Lockdown Bengals listeners. Humble brag. Subscribe button. Hit that follow button wherever you get your podcast. Join the first <laughs> listen crew. I don't know how many thousands of people make us their first listen, James. I haven't, I don't have analytics on that. YouTube doesn't tell me, but YouTube does tell me the other stuff. Anyway, let's get into some injury updates today here, James, to start the show. Then we'll get to resetting now that they are at seven and four, 11 games into the season, how things are looking down the stretch here and where they compare, where they stack up to our preseason expectations with mm. the very, very hard part of the schedule still ahead of them. But first, good news. According to Ian Rappaport and I assume others, Jamar Chase on track to play this week, which as expected, right? Looked like things were trending in that direction last week and we were a little bit surprised when he didn't play against the Titans. Zach Taylor gave a little bit of an update on Chase in his Monday press conference. And it sounds like Joe Mixon also trending in the right direction, still in concussion protocol, but Adam Schefter reporting on Monday that that Mixon trending toward playing against the Chiefs as well, James. Huge, 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 huge. All hands on deck against the best team in the league. That's Say whatever you want, and we're going to talk about expectations and all of those things, but if I had to name a best team in the league right now, it's not the Buffalo Bills, it's not insert whatever NFC team that, and man, are there some NFC teams? It's just NFC. It's a cluster. I think it's the chiefs. And, and so guess what? You don't get a trophy for being the best September, October, November team, even December team, but this is a a good measuring stick uh, for where the Bengals are going to be. And so why not be able to measure that with your arguably uh, your, your best running back, right? I, I would say, I was going to say arguably your best offensive player. People get mad about bro, but Jamar chase is their best weapon. So getting him back, getting your top running back back. That's uh that's huge because this is going to be a, a challenging game. There's no doubt. Not, I'm excited to, to cover it. I'm excited to talk about it this week. And I'm also glad that chase and Mixon are, are likely to be out there for this one. And, and what was it that Zach Taylor said when he was asked about Jamar chase, he kind of downplayed it a little bit doesn't seem to be super in uh, pleased to, to talk about the injury and why he didn't play and all those things. But do you, do you recall what it was that he said? Well, they wanted to get him basically a week's worth of reps because it had been a month since he had ran and walked and, and did a lot of the things where, because he wasn't bearing weight on that hip so it could heal. Mm-hmm. And rather than rush him back, they they feel more comfortable waiting another week. And, and honestly, what I think it is too is, one, he gets to run a bunch of routes and gets to build up that endurance again. And now he's going to have a whole nother week here. I know he's going to go through some strength and did go through some uh, strength and conditioning stuff, or some rehab work on Monday. Tuesday, Zach has said that they're going to dial it down a little bit. 
And then Wednesday, honestly, I expect him to to maybe practice in full, certainly Thursday and Friday. If if I had to wager, I'd say two of those three days he'll be a full participant, which uh, will we'll get him ready to go uh, by Sunday. I did ask Zach that, like, does he need to be a full participant? And uh, he, he didn't answer one way or another. The Bengals have obviously played guys that, that haven't been practicing in full, but with this chase injury, I think they want to see him practice in full, see what happens. Zach also did say that th- there wasn't a concern about him taking an, a hit mm-hmm. on, on Sunday, and that's not why they didn't play him. So I know there's been a lot of speculation. Oh, well, I, I don't think it's that. I, I think it was more the physical aspect of it, getting his win back, getting all of those things, because he went through an extensive pregame workout, was uh, working with the band, working with his hip. There was no limitations from what I saw. And, and I, I tweeted out some video. I posted some video on my site. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I expect Chase back this week, and maybe he'll practice on full on Wednesday. Certainly would be a shot in the arm, something that we'll talk about with the schedule coming up. But just And obviously we'll talk about the Chiefs matchup more but their rookie corner Trent McDuffie has been pretty good for them Legereus Sneed is still pretty good despite that the Bengals got the best of Sneed last year Chris Jones obviously is the troublemaker up front for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs the troublemaker he's gonna put him in timeout put him in timeout Kappa let's put him in timeout uh but but getting chased back <laughs> you have felt the absence Right. And and thinking about the Titans game, the beginning yeah. of the Titans game, and they were having a bit of a hard time getting things going. They they were going back to the perimeter game a little bit more in the passing game than we've seen. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a good opportunity to recognize that Hayden Hurst did some really good work over the middle of the field. I think we somehow neglected to mention his really Safety. impressive uh, yeah. the, the the seam pass. That, that was an explosive play and then converting a few third downs on some underneath stuff where he's still really good at getting those couple extra yards after the catch when you need him to, when he's uh, running those little sit routes over the, over the middle of the field. Um, But you you definitely feel it. And I think last week might've been the most noticeable week for Jamar Chase's absence in some ways, because it was still a pretty pass heavy offense, but early in the game at halftime, the, the the passing game to wide receivers was straight up unproductive, counterproductive for the Bengals in the first half to throw to wide receivers. In the second half, T. Higgins changes that. But it wasn't a great game for Tyler Boyd, who was having trouble with the turf, with the grass in Tennessee. And Trent Irwin, he had that one great catch, but that, that was it for him on mm-hmm. the day. So it wasn't the, the, the little things as well. The running back receiving game luckily came through for them. The, the tight end receiving game with Hayden Hurst came through for them. But getting chased back, I mean, we, we see the difference when they have all three of these guys versus mm-hmm. one of these guys, especially on the outside, one of Higgins or, or not to disrespect Tyler Boyd, but just when Higgins or Chase have been missing, you start to notice teams teams can key in on something. Teams can make it a little bit harder in the passing game. And so getting Chase back should open a lot up in that area. I know we've been talking about this for a long time. It continues to feel real. Again, I was surprised he didn't play, but – Sure, sure looks like he's going to play this week in, in one of the, again, most important games of the Bengals season, as they all will be from here on out. How good can they be mm-hmm. with, with Jamar Chase? That's the question now. How good are they going to be now that they've uncovered that Trent Irwin can be a wide receiver for and productive when called upon, when Samaj P. Ryan can carry the load maybe a little bit more than any of us 
anticipate anticipated coming into the season. I know he's he certainly exceeded my expectations. It's mixing back, chase back, Chiefs on deck. Let's reset expectations, discuss expectations. What are we thinking this Bengals team is going to do now that they've won five of six? They're seven and two in their last nine, and just like that, they're seven and four and seem to be one of the powers in the AFC. We'll discuss that next right here on Locked on Bengals. Before we do that, this episode of Locked on Bengals brought to you by Taro, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And we've checked the pronunciation. It is Taro, despite it being spelled T-U-R-O. So in case there's any confusion, T-U-R-O, but not pronounced like burrow. With Taro, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. There will be a huge selection of vehicles for any occasion and any budget, whether it's a spacious SUV or super or, or minivan, sorry, for a uh, family road trip or a luxury car, classic car for a special event or a birthday or a holiday, or it's just an, econo- an economy car that you need to get from point A to point B with keeping the budget in check. You can even test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on if you're into that Tesla life. Many tarot hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Tarot. Now it's time, and I can't wait to give out our Schultz and Son game balls. And no, we did not talk about it, but Schultz and Sons, you hear us talk about them all the time. They're part of the American Gem Society. What does that mean? Well, first off, Thanksgiving is over, which means if you've delayed on the whole gift-giving experience, well, you better get the Schultz and Sons right now and get that AGS certified advice because Matt and his crew, they've been in the business for more than 65 years. And not only are they excited that the Bengals have gone on this run, yes, they're big Bengals fans, but they're going to be excited to help you right now this holiday season with any type of pendant, diamond, bracelet, anything you're looking for, they're going to give you the right advice. They're not going to try to sell you something. No, no, no. They're going to give you the right advice and find something that's perfect for you. And yeah, times are tight, which is why they have affordable financing with up to 18 months, same as cash available. So you're looking for the perfect gift. Don't delay. Go to Schultz and Sons. They're located in Fort Mitchell, just a few minutes from the bridge, right off of the Fort Mitchell exit in the Kroger Expressway Plaza. It's easy to get to close to downtown Cincinnati. So it's not going to take you long to get there. And they're going to find that perfect match for you. And remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons expectations that's a big word expectations for the rest of the season talk about the return of jamar chase the return of joe mixon the discovery oh, we got to do our schultz and sons game ball real quick of course my bad it's all right we can get the expectations but schultz and sons game ball jake what you got oh you're putting me on the spot yeah Wait, oh lovely. yeah unless um, you want me to you want me to give mine out i will this is a conversation for me between Burrow, Higgins, mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, P. Ryan, certainly DJ Reader. Mm-hmm. I think BJ Hill was good. I think Mike Hilton was really good. Yeah. Those would be the guys in the conversation for me. And I, I'm going to pick Mike Hilton here for his work. Yeah, as a run defender coming out of the slot, that is not something that you normally get 
out of slot defenders, not tripping guys in the backfield as he corrected you. That was a funny, funny clip. Go find it. By the way, I meant to say like tripping up, like tripping up because he like the way he used his arm. Like I didn't mean like he was tripping him and and people seem to not understand that. Also, Mike, thank you for correcting me. It was a stupid. uh, It's just, it's just funny. I'm not saying that to call you out. I just think it's funny. I, Uh, I, I, no, I, I, uh, I agree with you, and I was going to go with Mike Hilton until you said that because oh, part of it was going to be apologizing <laughs> to to five nine Mike Hilton, who gives hope for all five nine guys. Mike Hilton is the reason why if you're five nine, you shouldn't lie on dating apps saying you're six foot, fellas, because Mike Hilton exists. Well, so wh- why would you lie about your height? You don't need to because Mike Hilton is a beast. Uh, dude, dudes lie about it all the time. No, I know. I'm saying I don't know if like that will help mike hilton's existence is not going to help the five it should, man. he's a giant he's a giant you don't need to act like you're six foot when you're tackling like that you're five nine man i'm you just saying come with that, that mike hilton want, dog woman wants you to tell them i'm not never mind let's not get into that let's get back to the game ball james who who are you giving the game ball to since i took your guy who's your runner up yeah, you, you could give it to, to Joe Burrow every week when, when he doesn't turn the ball over in that environment and, and plays the way he did um I could give it to DJ Reader as well, but I'm going to give it to T. Higgins. T. Higgins made huge plays down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He continues to show that uh, he's going to get paid and he's going to get a lot of money. And uh, in the meantime, he's a perfect wide receiver 1A on this team. Because guess what? This is a weapons world in the NFL. And if you want to win the Super Bowl, you better have weapons on weapons on weapons. That's why the Chiefs continue to add, and they're going to be in the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes, even though they got Travis Kelsey and they traded for Kadarius Tony, and they have Juju Smith-Schuster and on and on and on. They're going to keep trying to add weapons. And that's why the Bengals, well, if they have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Run, I could go on and on and on. Uh, they have a shot. And congrats to T. Higgins. You get the Schultz and Sons game ball from me. It's two weeks in a row. For, for you me, gave him what? Yeah, you gave him one last week, and then I gave him one this. Hey, when you you go for a hundred plus and yeah. essentially must win games, clutch. Yep, clutch, clutch moments. He did have the drop. That's like the only blemish on his day. If he doesn't have the drop, the numbers look even better. And if he he doesn't have the big play earlier in the game, the twenty two yard catch race by OPI again, like this could have been one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty for T. And it, it, again, like would have been a little quiet. I don't know what it is about T Higgins. His big games, a little bit quiet. Some shout outs. Travion Williams coming through in the clutch. Hayden Hurst coming through in the clutch. Uh, Jonah Williams, really nice game in pass protection. And all three corners. I know we talked about Mike Hilton, but um, and, and yesterday we talked about Cam Taylor-Britt and a little bit about Eli Apple. You shouted out Eli Apple as well. All three of those guys, uh, I think, exceeded expectations against the Titans. And it'll certainly be a big test this week. You mentioned the Chiefs. Adding weapons, not only the guys you talked about, James, but they signed Brian Edwards and Melvin Gordon to their practice squad on Monday. Always adding. Always well, adding. I actually thought that Brian Edwards was a sneaky target for the Bengals on the practice squad because they still have two practice squad spots open, and I mm-hmm. thought they might go that route. Just Would have been great. Maybe they were in on it. Maybe they, maybe? Maybe they lost the sweepstakes to the Chiefs. Well, uh, well clearly knows? Brian Edwards saw Trent Nerwin and said, hey, I'm never going to. Take his spot. Uh huh. Yep. Anyways, let's, exactly let's talk about expe- let's talk happened. about expectations. Yeah. So the Bengals seven and four. I was hoping at this point in the season they would be either eight and three or nine and two. Uh, obviously, the the week one game is a game that I counted as a win, but 
when you think about the game or when you think about the season in, in terms of when things change for this team and, and kind of beyond the results, beyond the record, the, the story of this season is Joe Burrow had an appendectomy and missed all the training camp. They start the season and I think that's certainly a big part of it, but beyond that, the offense schematically is, is trying to do, I think a lot of the same stuff they tried to do last year. And they're trying to go under center and run the ball. They're trying to attack outside downfield again and capitalize on their outside weapons and T Higgins and Jamar chase. And it's not consistent. Right. And then as the week goes on, you start to see changes slowly accumulating in the offense. You start to see them going to shotgun way more, essentially saying we're a shotgun team. We'll go under center. You know, sometimes we're probably going to run it when we're under center. You're going to know it. We're going to run it anyway. They got a touchdown out of that extra lineman look with a great block from Hakeem Adenogy down in the red zone. And and they've done this a couple of times lately where they've said, we're going to run the ball in this situation. And it has still been effective to the point where they actually now have one of the more efficient running offenses in the NFL even if it's not from a volume perspective, from an efficiency perspective, it's there. And so for me, whenever I think about this Bengals season, I really look at it as what's happened in, the, in, the, in that stretch of games when they seem to have figured things out and we haven't seen the league find an answer for them yet. The Bengals continue to find different ways to win games, especially over the last six weeks where they're 5-1, and one, that weird Browns game notwithstanding, when they got absolutely punked in that game, no way around that. Besides that game, they're winning with the running game. They're winning with outside vertical passing. They're winning throwing over the middle. They're winning with defense. They're winning with situational football. And that's why I think you're hearing a lot of folks around the NFL, smart analysts at this point, recognizing, okay, the stretch for the Bengals, they've evolved in a big way. And all of those criticisms about coaching in the first four weeks of the season and the offense's inability to evolve because I think the criticisms were mostly directed at the offense. Mm-hmm. Those have kind of gone away because they have evolved in a big way, right? And Joe Burrow has put week one fully in the rearview mirror, playing football at an elite level really since then, up there in terms of efficiency, productivity. I test with Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa in the AFC, who have both been playing great all year. And, and for me, that informs my expectations the rest of the way. And I buy it when Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow tell me they think they think they can beat any team. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, first off, I love the mentality they have of they have to play us. That's, the, both menta- ways. That, that, that's the mentality they should have. Because, you know, we could talk Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, you know, the the plethora of weapons. And I do think that it's a solid core. They might not have a star power of a Tyreek Hill, but I think it's a solid core of weapons behind them. At the same time, the Chiefs should be saying the same thing. Joe Burrow. How good is Joe Burrow playing right now? He's playing really well. Jamar Chase back. T. Higgins playing like a one, right? T. Higgins would be the number one receiver on the Chiefs. T. Higgins would be the number one receiver on the Browns. T. Higgins would be the number one receiver on a lot of the team, the Patriots. Um, he, he would be right up there. He'd be 1A on the Bucks, right? It's 1A on the on the Bills. I'm just going through the teams, number one on the, the Ravens, going through the teams that the Bengals play next, which we'll do coming up. The point is, is that's 1A. 
And then they also have a slot machine in Tyler Boyd. So if this offense continues to pick up steam, then I, I think whether you want to use the cliche sky's the limit or whatever the case is, you can certainly do that. And, and we will continue to do that. We'll look in the, the final six games, of the schedule, even though I just ran through it, we'll break it down a little bit more coming up next. But first, this episode brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. You can find Block Forever right now wherever you get your podcast. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, former pros across the league to get real about what happens in the locker room, on the field, and everywhere in between. They discuss topics like player psyche, sports betting, playing through pain, being a leader, how to deal with combative teammates, Nothing is out of bounds. So catch the full block forever series available anywhere you get your podcasts available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $528 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to exciting. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. You talk about the Bengals' remaining schedule. I think it is uncontested that they've got the hardest schedule remaining in the NFL. But that doesn't mean that other teams don't have hard schedules. So when you talk about the Bengals' schedule, Chiefs, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Ravens, all likely playoff teams. A few of those contending for one seeds in, in the Bills and Chiefs. The Patriots, a direct competitor with the Bengals for a wild card spot most likely, although the division is still in play. I'm not dismissing the division. And there's even a world where the one seed is in play for the Bengals. It's just kind of challenging to get there because you probably have to go five and one at least against that slate of teams, which includes the Browns who seem to have the Bengals number. So that is challenging, but you look around at some of the other wild card contenders in particular, the Patriots have to play the bills. They have to play the dolphins. They have to play the bills. That's two games against the Bills and the Dolphins. They have to play the Bengals too. The Chargers have to play the Dolphins. They have to play the Titans. They have a couple of uh, divisional matchups coming up, and they've been anything but solid this year. The Dolphins have to play the Bills and the Chargers and the 49ers and the Packers and the Patriots and the Jets. That's a pretty tough schedule too. The Jets, who are still a wild card contender, as Mike White goes off against the Bills or Bears last week or yesterday. Vikings, Bills, Jaguars, Resurgent just beat the the Ravens, Seahawks, Dolphins. So all of these teams that are in the playoff mix are playing each other and are playing challenging opponents. So people talk about the Bengals schedule. Can't look at it in a vacuum for one thing. That's my first point here is you look around some of the other teams competing for the wild card. If say, Say you don't want to talk about the one seed. Say you're dismissing that as impossible. I wouldn't. But say you are, you just want to talk about the wild card or, or you don't want to talk about the division. Those other wild card teams have pretty tough schedules too. Yeah. And that's that's a good way to look at it. One, because it's realistic. You can't just look at the Bengals schedule. Two, when you talk about expectations. I in coming into the season, I certainly expected this team to make the playoffs. 
but there was a stretch there. It's like, okay, at some point you got to make the run. You got to make the playoff push. And so how valuable was that win in Tennessee? Well, now I expect to make the playoffs. And now it's it's more about seeding, uh, who they're going to play, do they win the division, how do they get in, all of those things. So that's the the first expectation that I think they've they've checked off based on what we've seen over the past month. After that, is there a game, is there a team that you would say, oh, man, they have no shot? There isn't. And whether the seven, they're the seven seed, whether they win the division and they're the four seed, whether they win the next six and get the, the one seed, which I don't necessarily think they'd have to win all six, but whether they do any of that, I think the Bengals have a shot against Mahomes, Josh Allen, insert whatever quarterback or team that you want to talk about. And part of it is because I think they've been challenged in ways this year that they weren't challenged in last year. Last year, it was, they were challenged because they had never done it before. And we just didn't know. They're like, ah, we've never seen them go on a run. Are they going to? Well, they've gone on a run. In this year, they faced adversity early, doubt early, injuries, certainly more injuries that, than they faced a year ago, at least to key guys. And they've emerged from that. And it feels like they're going to get those guys back. And so I'm not sure we've seen the best from the Bengals yet. And so when we talk about expectations for the final six weeks and for this Bengals team, I expect to see the best of the Bengals of the 2022-2023 Bengals in the final six weeks and beyond, which is exactly what you want. That's NFL season's long. I don't want to see the best out of them in training camp against the Rams or in week six against the Saints. I want to see the best of them maybe this Sunday starting then and moving forward. And I, I think that that's going to be uh, fun to monitor because that, that's what I expect to see the absolute best we could see from them moving forward because we haven't seen that yet. You know, there, there's still some flaws. You know, the last time Jamar Chase was on the field, we still had questions about that offensive line. The offensive line seems to have turned a corner at least a little bit. Uh, we had questions about the running game. Well, the run game seems to have turned a corner at least a little bit. So I'm excited to see this offense hopefully hit on all cylinders. The defense continues to be consistent. And, yeah, it might be the NFL's hardest schedule. I think they're going to win some of these games. And coming into the, the second half of the season, they had eight games. And I think we all said five and three would be the minimum to get them into the postseason. Well, they started 2-0. and It's a heck of a start to, to an eight-game stretch that was going to be pretty tough. Yeah, buying back some of that margin for error now just to get to that mark, needing three and three, and certainly could do better than that in their final six games. A lot of credit coaching here. Luana Rumo with his defense continues to be scheme versatile, continues to have answers for a variety of opponents, and their experience now doing so many different things on the defensive side of the ball, that continues from last year. Nothing has really changed in a monumental way on the defensive side of the ball. Meanwhile, on offense, I think there's been a bit of a seismic shift from last year to the beginning of this year to what the offense is right now. And this is what I was talking about in our previous segment. I, I think that the team deserves some credit for making these changes. They, they Since week five, Nate Tice has these numbers, and I've seen these as well. I think I've been tweeting these for a while. They're second an EPA per play from week five to today on offense, 
which speaks to their shift to the shotgun, which speaks to their shift in mentality. They're taking fewer shots down the field. They're being more efficient. They're being more consistent. I mean, I, I mentioned it. They have the most efficient run game in the NFL right now since week five. I mean, that's that's crazy to think about to me. It but is. since they made this change to their running game, incredibly efficient in the run game. And, and that's all they that's all they need to be, by the way, to be clear. Right. They're not going to be this run heavy, run first team, but they need to be efficient when they do run the ball. And and something that's very noticeable in the last few weeks, I think, is this efficiency is keeping them out of behind the chain situations. We were talking about this before the show a little bit. They haven't always had answers when you get behind the chains, and it's hard. Most teams struggle when they get behind the chains. When you have a second and 15, a third and 10, third and 15, it, it gets really hard on offense because the defenses are so freed up to do whatever they want to do to confuse you, to send pressure, to make your life more difficult because they know what you're doing. The Bengals the last few weeks have been avoiding third downs. Their success rate has jumped by, by over 10% in the passing game from, from those first five, four weeks of the season to the last six, seven weeks of the season. So you're seeing a more efficient offense. You're seeing Joe Burrow being forced to evolve a little bit, potentially without Jamar Chase. And like the defense at this point, this offense is now experienced and has succeeded with doing a myriad of different things that they weren't doing early in the season or weren't doing last year. And they still have that explosiveness in their back pocket. We saw it when they needed it. They got T. Higgins on those vertical balls on the sideline late in the game. So they mm -hmm. still have that, right? They yep. still have that ability. And when Jamar sure. Chase comes back, that only expands. But now having figured out how to run the ball a little bit more efficiently, on top of all of this, when they're getting healthy this late in the season, that should bode well for a very competitive stretch of the schedule. Coming into the year, you were hoping that the defense would be what we saw at the end of last season and, and really throughout that playoff run. Mm -hmm. And you were hoping the offense would obviously fix the issue that it had and, and just be able to win any way you wanted to because the offensive line would be able to block, would be able to run block, would be able to keep Burrow upright and, and do all of the above. Well, in recent weeks, you've seen that without Chase, without Joe Mixon for a game. And so there's still that hope, and I think internally that belief that they're going to hit another gear. And if they hit another gear offensively with the way this defense is playing, because I think their defense is better than the Chiefs. I think their defense mm -hmm. can keep Josh Allen at bay, even if it's on the road in a playoff game. That doesn't mean you're going to shut him down. I just don't think he's going to drop 40 on their head. And maybe he does, but I like their chances of limiting him to less than that but they also have an offense that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with those offenses if those things are firing on all cylinders. And I, I think there's a chance that, that they they get there. That is crazy, though. Most efficient run game since week five. It might have taken a little longer than, uh, than we expected, but they pivoted, they adjusted. And the defense, with how well it was playing early in the year, it gave them a, enough margin for error to figure it out. And now suddenly they're seven and four and, and have a chance. Because think about it, if they beat the Chiefs, they're getting a lot of national love now. If they beat the Chiefs, people are going to say that they're the best team in the AFC. There are going to be a lot of national analysts that say that. Certainly could be. And maybe they are. 
right? The, the thing about the NFL that makes this so hard is that it's such an any given Sunday thing, especially this year. It's such a week to week league. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how much better the Bengals are this year. The Chiefs were always, and I said this on Twitter in, in a reply, the Chiefs were always going to be an incredibly difficult opponent. And the better team doesn't always win these games. But like you said earlier, there's no team on the schedule right now where you look at it and you're like, the Bengals can't can't go toe-to-toe with these guys. Mm-hmm. And it certainly felt that way, you know, in Andy Dalton's tenure in Cincinnati, for example. You felt like, it, you know, if Andy Dalton's your quarterback, you're, you're going to need a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Even last year, you felt mm-hmm. like you needed a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. And now you think, well, this offense is just about as efficient as the Chiefs. This defense is probably a little bit better than the Chiefs' defense. And, and, you know, I don't know. We, we could see Cheeto's injury show up at an inopportune time, but I think they've been overcoming that pretty well. The Chiefs are a team, though, that would be built to exploit that, I guess. So it's going to be a big game for Cam Taylor-Britt to build on his success against Tennessee, remain disciplined in coverage back there because the Chiefs aren't going to try to run the ball on you. But the Bengals built to deal with both in a lot of ways. Anyway. It's an exciting time, I think, to be a Bengals fan. Even if they don't do all the things that they could do, mm-hmm. the the could, the world of possibility is big and realistic right now. Health and all these things are, are massive factors. You look around the NFL, Von Miller getting hurt, Karen Armstead getting hurt. These injuries to, to big players happen, and they're going to impact things down the stretch. And So you can't control that, but what you can control is is – looking like a pretty good set of factors for the Bengals, I think, at this point in the season, heading into their toughest stretch. We're going to get into some film review. We're going to review the Titans game with Mike at Bengals underscore Sands, Santagata tomorrow, see what takeaways there are there. And there's some tasty ones on the defensive side of the ball in particular as we look ahead to the Chiefs. That crossover will be coming over your way later this week in addition to our game preview. So big week for the Bengals with the Chiefs coming up, coming to Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium, Paycor Bengals Stadium, whatever you want to call it later this week. The jungle. The jungle. Make it loud. as That's what Zach Taylor wants. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.